0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it may be and wherever may you may be listening to this podcast right now. I am Alana. You are listening to Win Win Insights from a mining recruiter's perspective and not just mining recruiter, FIFO, experienced FIFO worker and career consultant, which is absolutely where, what I'm passionate about helping people to achieve their first or next FIFO job or within any other industry. It is Thursday the 13th of January 2022 and today I want to go over something extremely exciting, well I think anyway, which is the topic of today's today's podcast is get any FIFO job ever. Now this is actually a, an excerpt out of a book that I'm writing which is due to be released later on in the year, but it's pretty much a by default breakdown of how to get Whatever job it is that you want, and not just within the FIFO industry, within every industry, and it's applicable worldwide. As long as there is a job there, um, you know, worldwide, there's LinkedIn, there's, there's uh, different job platforms, etc. And the principles are the same, which is why we get people from all around Australia, New Zealand, Canada. We've had several people from Canada who've actually come over and After they were, after they'd finished their quarantine, they basically walked into a higher paying fly and fly out job. So it's really, really easy. This is extremely applicable. And I find it pretty exciting because it's exactly the system that we use within our personal recruiter service to work one on one with candidates who are, you know, having issues getting into the industry. And so just breaking it down into simple, biteable terms, that's what I'm going to be doing today. I'm also going to be going over where the jobs are because that is a common theme and question that we've got coming up late, uh, you know, basically every single day and dump truck traineeships because that's everyone's favorite subject at the moment. I've got, oh God, about 28 emails sitting in my email right now and they are all about dump truck traineeships. So my apologies um, if I haven't been able to get back to you or if my team hasn't been able to get back to you. We are playing catch up after my team having a lovely summer Christmas holiday, good for some. Um, And so we're just basically catching up on everything. So we will be doing that today. If we haven't contacted you yet, we will do that. Facebook, emails, phone calls, whatever it may be, we'll get back to you today. So, right, I'm just going to break this down. Let's, Let's talk about get any FIFO job ever, because again, getting a FIFO job is easy. If that is not a mentality that you hold right now, hopefully by the end of this podcast or the whole series, you would have flipped that switch. We're going to empower you to know that, yes, you can get the job of your dreams, even if you've been knocked back 3 million times. If you have, hit us straight up at info at winwin.com.au and we can change that because it's very, very simple and we'd love to help you. We'd love to, you to be part of our success stories. If you have, If you are in our Facebook group right now, they're coming hard and fast, so it's it's pretty awesome. Like, we've got every single day a lot of people coming back to us and saying, wow, I've just landed an interview, including yesterday a guy from the eastern states who's now got a an interview for a dump truck traineeship in Kalgoorlie. Like, you know, follow, and that's by following these very, very simple principles that I'm about to go over. So let's get into it. Number one, meet the minimum criteria of the job that you're going for. Now, it amazes me at how many people have no idea about what they need to do or get or qualifications like that so that they can actually land the job that they want. Now, it's not that hard to find. And that's the main reason why I'm a bit surprised. So a couple of days ago, had a lady come to us who we actually worked with several years ago to help her to get her first FIFO job. Um, and she was asking me, you know, Alana, my son wants to go FIFO, blah, blah, blah. He's got all this hospitality experience. You know, how can I, you know, how can I help him to get into the industry? The very first question I asked him because in my mind, he'd be walking straight into a utility, potentially kitchen hand role with all that experience, which is very applicable to that job. So I said, does he have a manual driver's license? Nope. Does he have an auto driver's license? Nope. Okay. Well, number one on the list of getting your foot in the door to a utility role is you need a driver's license and more specifically a manual driver's license, because, you know, and a lot of people, there might be some people going, yeah, but I got in with an auto license, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's, that's well, and, you know, good. And it can happen, but it also limits your ability when you're out there to get another job. And I'm not saying jump straight away when you get out there but it also limits your ability of employers that are gonna take you on. Yes, there are a very small amount of employers that would take people on just with an auto license, but the majority want the the manual license. So, you know, give them what they want. If you give the employer what they want, want, then you're more likely to get what you want, which is the job. So where you're gonna be finding out whether you meet the minimum criteria is exactly that. You're gonna be looking at SEEK, indeed the employer's website to find out, look, if they want a, you know, let's say if you want a drillers off roll, role, but you're like, oh yeah, but I've only got a, like, you know, a C-class driver's license. Yep. With what's going on right now in the industry, because the, the uh, employers are all choosing candidates from the same pool, which is a very small pool, um, which is why the jobs in WA right now are going absolutely through the roof, like insane amounts of jobs that are being um, listed at the moment, you want to go and have a look. You know, if it says drillers off you want an HR license, some of the companies are, would say be willing to get within the next three to six months, happy days. But then if you don't have the um, white card, if you don't have the current police certificate, and if you don't have the first aid certificate, then there's a very high chance that you're not actually going to be able to get the job. So I would say go and have a look set yourself up, um, correctly from the start. So you can avoid any heartache of constant, you know, rejection letters because you didn't read the ad properly and you don't meet the minimum criteria. It is really simple. And you know, that's, that is number one. Let's go into number two, which is go where the jobs are. You know, now I'm not saying every single person in Australia who wants to get into the mining industry, pack up and move to Western Australia. But what I am saying is if we're going to go off the stats, which just about half an hour ago, I went on to seek and did a very simple search of blind flyer FIFO in the search bar. And then in the where I did every single state and this is what's come up. So these are where the jobs are. I'll tell you right now. Okay. Tasmania, there is 107 jobs which meet that uh, criteria of what I just said. In the Northern Territory, there's 300 jobs. In um South Australia, there was 483 jobs. Victoria has 509 jobs. New South Wales, 1,154. Queensland has 2,501. And Western Australia has 5,076 jobs listed. This was about an hour ago. It's only about 8.18 in the morning. So that might've changed slightly. But what I'm saying is WA has more jobs than the rest of the country combined. And a lot of the jobs that are being advertised on the east coast are actually for WA jobs. They are trying to get people from the eastern states to come over to WA, offering relocation, offering jobs straight off the mark because the the uh, you know candidate pool over here is absolutely drying up. Which is why, which is kind of good because it's actually forcing employers to. Um, kick off their traineeships which I can tell you right now coming up the traineeships are going to be going uh, off the chain traineeships apprenticeships entry-level jobs are just going in WA if you are here have a pulse meet the minimum criteria you're basically guaranteed a job now again I'm not saying you know pack up everyone pack up move to WA although the mass migration coming over west is insane. And I'm not just going off, um, you know, the stats that you see, uh, you know, in, in write ups, different write ups everywhere else. But last month I sold a house and two out of three, you know, inquiries came from the Eastern States. So, you know, it's just happening. The mass migration, West Australia, obviously with the COVID, situ- the COVID mess over East, Everyone is wanting to come to this state. You know, the mining industry is just going off. And, you know, I believe the wages are going to go up this year as well. So there's going to be a lot of very, very interesting uh, moves going on within the industry. So watch out for those traineeships. You might have noticed yesterday, if you're in our Facebook page and group, I actually posted three dump truck traineeships. I believe watch this space because over the, especially February, March, It is going to be absolutely insane and through the roof. And the dump truck traineeships that I did post yesterday were from all around Australia. One in the Sunshine Coast, one in Singleton and one in um, Kalgoorlie. So again, when it comes down to go where the jobs are, you know, I had a call from a guy from Wollongong and he was like, I want a FIFO job. I want an entry level job, blah, blah, blah. Um, And I was like, okay, no worries. Well, you know, unfortunately... Nobody really does FIFO from Wollongong. So you're going to have to, or there's not very much of it. You're going to have to get up to somewhere like Singleton in the Hunter Valley, even Dubbo, Tamworth. You know, if you're up in those areas and you get in contact with the programs or with the uh, work packs, you might notice they are constantly on the hunt for dump truck traineeships. So, you know, I mean, go where the jobs are. Like you want to, like that list that I just went through, Queensland. Go to Mackay, move to Mackay. There's like heaps of jobs. Sunshine Coast, what I just said, you know, dump truck traineeships down in the Sunshine Coast. Find out, have a look through Seek. Again, do a little bit of research because it's not that hard to find out where the jobs are so you can work out what's right for you, for your family. Work out how much money that you want to earn and what sort of career that you want because, you know, there's no point in trying to get a FIFO job from Bernie to, you know, Kalgoorlie, Bernie, Tasmania to Kalgoorlie. Because, you know, with this whole border chamozzle, like, uh, you know, it's not going to happen, quite frankly, unless you're a very specified trade, you're an HD fitter, or you're something that is highly sought after, then it's going to be a little bit of a challenge for you to just walk straight into one of these jobs until this whole border COVID like nightmare is kind of like under control a little bit. And quite frankly... You know, yesterday, um, WA's Premier, Mark McGowan, he put in a hard border now with the whole of Australia. So, you know, the February 5th opening, let's, you know, watch this space. I, I actually think it's complete and utter career suicide if he does that from the, I don't know, there's nobody in WA that I know who wants that border open. So it should be quite interesting. Quite frankly, I think it's, um, you know, in one way, it's a good thing. If you're in WA and you want to get into the mining industry, but then in the other side, it's a pain in the ass because I want to go see my family without having to, you know, on the East coast, without having to quarantine, without having to go through all this stuff. So whatever, COVID, I'm not really going to go into that because that's a complete and utter kettle of fish that, you know, whatever. So the key is find out where the jobs are that you want. If you want to uh, have a dump truck traineeship, just put the search in, Find out where they are, and if applicable to your situation, move and you know like i don 't know what 's going on here, but I had another call from a guy on the east East Coast two days ago who has landed an interview for a dump truck traineeship in Kalgoorlie, so you know God knows what 's going on, but like I said, there are companies that are advertising. All on the east coast because they want people to come over. You know they're paying relocation bonuses because you know if you're in Western Australia, we get a lot. You know I'll do anything to get into the industry. Oh really? Well, move to Kalgoorlie for six months. You know, move to move to Newman for a while, find out where the jobs are, and you know make a small sacrifice. You know I even know real life examples of people. One of my friends, Yvonne, did that exact same thing. She was a housekeeping supervisor with Compass Group, and then she um, ended up going for a job in Kalgoorlie for a dump truck traineeship. And then next minute, she was on the the eight hour, you know, train ride to Kalgoorlie. She paid for her own accommodation up there for six months, did the traineeship, and then after that six month period, when she was basically trained up and good to go, she um, her resume was sorted, and in seek she was getting job offers coming at her from all around for different FIFO jobs as well. So it might be a temporary situation that you have to make a bit of a sacrifice, move for 6 months or move forever. Who knows, Kalgoorlie is an awesome place. Um so is Karatha, like you know, go to Karatha there with the Scarva project that's going on up there right now. It all that's you know kicking off like jobs are are a plenty. Sure, accommodation is ridiculously expensive. So hopefully if you go there, you know someone or you can go onto the house share pages and find find accommodation because that is the issue. Um, But other than that, pretty much, you know, go to where the jobs are. So the next one that I want to go over is the number one document that you are ever going to have in your professional life. And obviously everyone knows one thing that we do, that we specialize in, and I've been writing resumes since I got my very first job when I was 14 years old, is your resume. Again, give them what they want when it comes to your resume, because, you know, you need to have that, so it's ATS compliant. ATS, applicant tracking systems, mining and recruitment companies use them to filter out the thousands of resumes that they get when they put up a job, Um, instead of having their recruitment team go through every single one of them. There are filters that you can put in and there are keyword searches and everything that you can put in there to make the recruitment team's job way easier. Now, if your resume is not ATS compliant, then pretty much if you're you're one of these people that's been sending it out 300 times, you meet the minimum criteria, but for some reason, your your 11-page resume, I'm not kidding, I've seen this all the time, which has like, you know, nobody wants to know what you're doing in 1983. Nobody gives a shit about, um you know, your hobbies that you like going for walks on the, you know, on the beach, blah, 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 right? People like, it, especially in, if we're hiring for a job, we want to know the very important things. Your contact details, make sure that they're up to date for God's sakes. You know, if you're, if the phone number that you're using is incorrect, which has happened, we've had applications come through, we go to ring the telephone number and it is disconnected or it's a wrong number. It's, you know, make sure that the number, that every single way possible that the person hiring for that job, make sure that they can contact you in every way. So your email address, your bloody pager, if that's a thing anymore, I don't think it is. Um, but, you know, any email addresses, phone numbers, phone numbers, contact details, even your LinkedIn handle, put your LinkedIn handle on there so they can go and have a look. And if you don't have a LinkedIn handle, oh my God, we're going to talk about that one in a minute because that is one of the key ways of getting jobs. Okay. Resumes, we're going to go down again, the whole line of the resume. You need to have your qualifications that are up to date and that actually, uh, again, show that you meet the minimum criteria for that job. So if a company wants A, B, and C, and you've got A, B, go and get C. Right, go and get it, make sure it's clearly listed on your resume and that needs to be directly under your contact details because that is the next thing that if I'm shortlisting for a job, I want to make sure one, I can get in contact with you and two, your resume is clearly showing that you have the qualifications that my client needs. If they need an excavator or excavator dozer ticket and you don't have that listed on your resume, there's a high possibility that you will not be getting contacted. So Again, very simple. Make sure it's up to date. And it's a little bit of a, you know, obviously the world has changed over the last two years. But one thing to have on your resume now, the hottest trend in resumes, um, quote unquote, is your vaccination status. And, you know, I I agree like your health scenario is nobody else's business. But again, it's making it easier on the recruitment team saying, yes, okay, they're good to go. They're vaccinated, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, So that is one of the other things. Also have your inductions. If you're going for an admin role, it's extremely important to list programs. Programs are what gets you an admin role and obviously specific elements of the job that the employer needs to see. So put that on there. Next, you're going to be going down and your most recent job that you've had, you're going to be clearly listing that with the key points um, that are coming out of keyword searches that the employer needs to see. And safety, safety, safety. If you do not have a safety point on your resume, um, quite frankly, you are, <coughs> pardon me, you are short selling yourself because safety, as you know, within the mining industry, is so absolutely important. Insurances are, you know, based upon safety. Key uh, KPIs, you know, contracts are won and lost off safety. So employers want to know that you are going to be able to uphold their safety um you know values you're going to do the right thing you're familiar with what a jha is etc etc so have that on there and one of the main things like we go down you know five to seven years nobody cares what you did 10 years ago because unless it's 100 percent relevant to the job that you're going for now and there are some contradictions in which we have actually gone further in the resume to list things because it was you know uh, some of the equipment that they they operated back then is still in use today so you know other than that you don't want that resume to be going past the three page three page mark in most cases because again you can put in that you know the word count page count so you want to make sure you're going to be ATS compliant in every single element so you don't get filtered out that could have been one of the key things and you know the amount of resumes that we do per day and the amount of people that come to us are just like I can't get in I can't get in look, it's a simple fix. If you cannot get in yet, yet you meet the minimum criteria. It is your resume full stop. That's it. It needs to be sorted. And it needs to be sorted by somebody who actually has any idea what an ATS system is, and potentially somebody who's worked in the industry. That's where I guess, you know, this company has been built by complete and utter default, which was, you know, starting off doing resumes, and then it just got so big that it had to be turned into a company. So, You know, I don't care if you want to go to somebody else, go to somebody else to get your resume done. Don't care. Go for it. But just make sure that they are following these very, very simple um, practices because that is what is going to make or break your career and get you the results that you need or have you looked over and somebody else with a better resume than you who is, you know, way less qualified or whatever it may be is going to get your job. We don't want that. We want you to get the job. So make sure you give them what you want. Okay, the next thing that I want to go over is your profiles. And I'm talking about your Seek and your LinkedIn profiles. There has never been a more important time to have those profiles hitting the mark, ticking the boxes and being where they need to be so that employers can find you. And let me tell you why. Again, I'm going to go back to employers are so desperate for candidates that they are going through, they're sending out email campaigns, text messages, going through people's Seek and LinkedIn profiles to find the right candidates. So, uh, they are actually hunting hunting candidates down now, which is awesome because it shows that again the tide has turned. If you're a candidate in the industry, um, who is looking to get in, or you're looking to up, upgrade your your um job, or you're looking for more money or a career change, or whatever it may be, the power actually is in your hands right now. You have the ability to almost dictate how much you want financially. You know, I've had people come to me, highly skilled operators. They have, um, you know, been offered jobs through their LinkedIn or Seek profile. And then I say to them, okay, what are they offering you? You know, they tell me and I'm like, all right, ask for this instead. You know what? There's never been a better time to get some balls. And if they offer you something push it up because you know what? You have the power. The power is in your hands, but you want to make sure that these employers are able to find you, especially through your profiles. Your profiles need to be ranked as high as possible. When it comes to Seek, you need a a gold ranking in your Seek profile and LinkedIn You need to be ranked as high as possible, have as many connections in the industry as possible. The minimum they say is 500. I'm more like, go for like, you know, 2000. You know, I've got six, I don't even know, 6,000, 7,000 people who are all within the mining industry in my um, LinkedIn profile. And if you're listening to this right now, and if you're in our Facebook group, feel free to hit us up again at info at winwin.com.au because we're looking at utilising the eight thousand, you know, um in our group and four thousand plus in our Facebook page to actually say, right, let's all push each other's LinkedIn um numbers up. we all get together, we've all got a LinkedIn account. It opens you up to like, you know, if you if you were with uh if you request me and that means that now you have secondary connections of my six thousand plus connections. So that opens you up to all of my awesome connections within the industry who might be looking for a candidate just like you. But again, your profile needs to be conclusively filled in with all the key selling points that the uh, employer wants. So you know, if you if you if your profile is missing a whole heap of stuff, which I see all the time, people go to start a, a LinkedIn profile. But then they can't complete it, they don't know what to put in there, you know, their photo's missing, or the um, you know, they've got they've closed it off so employees can't even find them. It's like, well, there's no point in you even having this account. So it needs to be again conclusively filled in. If any of what I'm going over today you need done, feel free to hit us up again. Info at winwin.com.au. And remember, instead of a num instead of an I, it's number one. And make sure you put the AU on the end because our American counterpart who has winwin.com um, with, the I, with the number one instead of the I as well, he's been getting a hell of a lot of our emails because uh, people are leaving the AU off. So put the AU on. But I digress. Your profiles, very, very important. Make sure they're done correctly. Make your job hunting easy. Allow employers to find you. Like Why go chasing them if they can go chase you instead? And then when they do, whatever they offer you, push it up. You know, if you don't ask, you don't get. So have some balls and go and ask. Right. The next thing I want to talk about, number four, make contact with a killer follow-up phone call. The amount of times candidates come to us and have no idea you're going up against several thousand people for the same job. And I can tell you right now, the squeaky wheel will be getting the oil. If you're applying for one of my jobs and you call and you actually call us, then I'm more likely to pull up your account right then and there, have a look, see if you meet the minimum criteria. And then yes or no, you're right there. Or, you know, if if you're showing initiative, if you're making a professional yet straight to the point follow up phone call by just saying, hey, how are you going? Uh, my name's Alana. I'm just, um, you know, I've just got in contact with you today regarding the application for this job. I was just wondering if I can have a quick chat chat with you about it. Yep, sure. Look, I understand that you're busy, so I'll make this quick. You're you're ne- um, mitigating any potential negative that might be able to, might be coming up, such as the recruitment team is busy, which everyone every recruitment team is. You know, dealing with thousands of candidates can really, um, you know, make it a bit busy. So you want to make sure you're mitigating that negative. You want to want to be polite, and you want to get a follow up and potentially an answer right then on that right then and there. You know. Ask them, do you require anything else from me? Do you have my tickets, licenses anything like that? If they do and you can send that to them, you've just made their job easier and Another thing when it comes like which I failed to mention on the resume side of it, make sure you have your your references on there because when going for going through all of these you know um, resumes. I can tell you right now, I don't know any recruitment team who does not check references and there seems to be some random myth out there that you don't need to have your references on your resume. But I can tell you right now, if I've got a job that I need filling yesterday and I need to chase a candidate for, you know, references or do you have this qualification, do you have this induction, blah, 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 what's your availability Um, the more, the more great information that you can have on that resume, including your references, that'll speed up the process. So you're actually doing the recruitment team a favor by allowing them to have all the information that they need to, to yes or no you, and you want to be in that yes pile. So back to the, sorry, I digress back to the follow-up phone calls, um, situation. If you have given them exactly what they want, um, you look good on paper and you make that follow-up phone call in a polite and professional manner, sometimes that can be the absolute key to getting it over the line very, very quickly. And again, it really surprises me at how many people don't make follow-up phone calls, and then they sit at home wondering why they're getting nowhere fast. And that potentially could be the direct bullet into getting you, um, you know, getting you the job that you want. So I don't say send the resume off and two seconds later make a follow-up phone call, but... What I do say is give it a bit of time between 5 and 24 hours. Make that follow-up phone call afterwards because, you know, you could be that squeaky wheel in the exact same, exact right timing and position to get it over the line. So, yeah, go for it. Do it. Um, okay, the next one is interviewing. Make sure uh yesterday I, w- I did a an interview preparation session which is something that we do because a lot of people don't know how to do a killer killer interview so you want to make sure during the interview stage after you've made that follow up phone call you've got through the, the interview stage that you are on point going to knock it out of the ballpark it's a little bit different whether it's a um you know an online interview which hireview all these companies are using hireview with Covid, not wanting to do face to face stuff, saving money. You know, we've used HireVue before as well. You load up the questions, the candidate does a a video interview, answers them. Happy days. Um, so, pretty much the key thing is to be have a have a very good knowledge of what the company is, so you can utilise some of their uh, values that they have. Chuck that in there. Know what they're about because one of the key things, what do you know about the company and why do you think that you're the best candidate for this role? That is potentially the number one question that you're going to get asked. So you need to have a conclusive answer where you can rattle off a bit about the company and then say, why are you, if you can tie in your experience, your values, your beliefs, not necessarily beliefs, more values with what theirs are and hit their keywords, emphasize your safety And also go over, you know, safety, teamwork. That's what they want to hear. They want to hear that you're going to be able to fit in with the team, that you're safety conscious, that you know the systems, and that you can basically be a killer employee for them. So, look, what I'm going to say is that is the very, very um, uh, condensed version of all of those topics, which pretty much if you can get the interview over... That is the number one thing that's going to get you into the job that you want. And just remember, you're competing against potentially thousands. You know, once you get shortlisted, it goes down significantly, but there still could be quite a few, a lot of candidates. So you need to make sure that you're hitting every single box. Prepare before you go. On our, on the, on the Win Win Facebook page and group, there is a um, sample of the most commonly asked interview questions. Go and have a look at those practice before you go, like have your resume there, make sure you're prepared for that interview, make sure you know where you're going, uh, you know who the employer is, you've had a look through their, their website, um, so you know exactly what this this employer is about, have a look at their projects, you know, what resonates with you about what they're doing or their values, you know, find out the commonalities and ask them some questions yourself. When When it comes to interviewing, the most interesting candidates and the ones that I tend to shortlist. Yeah, sure. They've got the qualifications, they've got the experience and they've got um you know everything that it takes to do it. But they're the ones who actually will ask intelligent questions as well. So, I'm going to leave you today with the final nail in the coffin question. When you are going for an interview, the final question that I have always asked at a at an interview which you know I've got pretty much Almost every FIFO job that I've ever wanted, I've got. And, you know, yes, sure, it helps having the qualifications and experience, but it's also about personality. It's also about, you know, having knowledge of that company. So here it is. This is the number one question that I always ask at an interview process, and I always get every single one of my candidates to ask. And I'm going to break it down and tell you the way why you ask it and then what you're actually doing when you are asking that. So, gonna leave you the number one question to ask an employer during your interview. Is there any reason why you wouldn't think that I am the best candidate for this role? That question there, I found the bullet to getting what you want in life during interviews. And if it is an online interview, it might be a little bit different because you might not get a chance to ask any questions. But if you do do, uh, get to the face-to-face section, asking that question you're actually opening up the thought in that uh, interviewer's mind as to is there any reason why this person wouldn't be the best uh, you know candidate for the for the job? That gives you a chance again if they come up with absolutely anything. You might not be, oh look, you know, there's just been a few candidates that have been a bit more experienced than you. Blah blah blah. That gives you a chance to objection handle one last time before you leave that interview. Um, And so you can, again, have the very last chance of selling yourself. Whatever they say, you, again, have the chance. They might not say anything. They might not say, they might wrap it up then and there, put you in for a medical and bang, thanks very much, you know, for coming. They might give you some sort of like, you know, stupid answer um, that you can, again, objection handle. Whatever they say, that is the number one question. So again, I'm just going to repeat it, which is... Is there any reason why you wouldn't consider me to be the best candidate for this role? That is the question that you ask. Leave it at that. And tomorrow we're going to go over some uh, more like, you know, I didn't actually touch on the dump truck traineeships that much, uh, but we might go into a little bit more of that and a few different other, um, you know, situations that have been arising, potentially a little bit more on the interview prep as well. So... Thanks for listening. Hopefully this was insightful and not too much rambling on my behalf. Um, Have an amazing day and I will chat to you next time. Cheers. Welcome to today's podcast. I am Alana from WinWin and you are listening to Insights from a Mining Recruiter's Perspective. It is Saturday the 19th of February 2022 and yes I usually don't work Saturdays and I usually or try not to anyway and I usually don't do podcasts on Saturdays. Um, however as you might if you're a regular listener you might have noticed that the podcast game has slipped a little bit over the last two weeks so I thought right I better better get back into it this week and there has been some wicked common themes that keep occurring for candidates like over the thousands of candidates that I have spoken with over the last week, there are a few common themes that keep coming up, which I really wanted to address in this podcast. So today I'm going to be talking about loyalty versus leverage. I'm also going to be talking about having a two-step plan, and I'm going to be talking about Please, please, please stop wasting your money on spending thousands of dollars on operating tickets and expecting to walk straight into a high-paying excavator dozer role when you've come from a background which is completely irrelevant to the mining industry. I've said it time and time again, and I just you know, I've just seen people wasting thousands of dollars on these operating tickets. And I'm like, it's not going to guarantee that you're going to walk straight into one of these jobs. Like, you know, so right, I'm going to, well, well, there you go. I've just pretty much covered that one, but I will elaborate a little bit later on down the track. But okay, this week, one of the t- key topics I want to talk about is leverage versus loyalty. Now, I don't know what your mentality is, but my personal belief is, um, and you might have heard this as well from Napoleon Hill: whatever a mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. Meaning, basically, that if you can think about it, and you really, really, really want it, and you're really going to go after it, and you know you've made that tunnel vision, I'm going to achieve this. Things will move to help you to actually achieve that. And no, this isn't some like Tony Robbins like you know personal development thing. But I just believe that that is a you know it's it's kind of more about taking control. And um, also, when amazing things come your way, having the ability to um, recognize that and say, you know, I'm not going to be scared of what's just happened. I'm going to be appreciative of the fact that. I actually achieve, or, you know, first conceived it. I believe that I would achieve it and then it happened. So what am I talking about? All right, this week I have had three different people come to me from three different um, sites who are working in the facilities management scope. I'm talking for, in fact, I won't even name the employers, but you know what I mean? Like mine site cleaning, housekeeping, and kitchen so that's literally three people who've come to me this week one of them only started a month ago he got his first fly and fly out job uh, with our help of course uh, yeah first fly, in, fly out job he's working in the kitchen and he has been doing an, obviously a stellar job because um, he was noticed by the client and was actually offered to come and um, submit his application for a traineeship okay So the questions that I was constantly asked were, I've just got this job. Is it bad for me to like, you know, go up there, do a month with uh, a certain catering company and then jump over to the client into a traineeship, right? So that's obviously them being extremely loyal and potentially thinking, you know, I don't want to look like I'm jumping jobs straight away. You know, this company has given me this opportunity to to achieve my first fly in, fly out job. So I don't want to do the wrong thing by the company. Um, there were also a couple of questions like, what if the job's not right for me? Um, you know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Like these are literally some of the questions that, or statements that people have posed to me over this last week. And you know what, I'm just going to say this. The grass is gonna be greener wherever you water it. So, you know, you if you wanna stay in the job, washing dishes, you know, working 12 hours on those hard kitchen floors, you know, scrubbing dishes and all that sort of stuff, and you're doing a fantastic job of that to be noticed enough by the client to want to actually offer you one of these traineeships, but you wanna stay in that kitchen hand job, then I say stay there because, you know, you've watered that patch, you're doing a stellar job, so go for it. But on the flip side, if you are being noticed by the client because, you know, in in a job, a medial job such as, you know, washing dishes and, and, you know, wiping down benches and and tables and stuff like that and refilling cordial or whatever it might be, you know, if you want to stay there, stay there. But if the client is noticing you and saying, we want you to um, come into one of these traineeships, then, you know, you've got to have that, that mentality of, instead of being scared of what if the grass isn't isn't going to be greener on the other side jump over there give it a shot because you know why the hell not if you're the sort of person who can do a fantastic job as a kitchen hand you're the sort of person who can do a fantastic job driving a truck right and you know like I just think that ultimately the opportunities that are coming at the moment for for people who are in the industry, including in these catering industry jobs, um, you know, facilities manage, management jobs, it's coming because there are several um, moving parts in the industry right now where the candidate has absolute control. So do a good job, even if it is one of the uh, in one of these jobs, get noticed, and then when the opportunity presents itself I'm always saying to people you know what you've actually created this like you must have been thinking about it while you were wiping down those tables or filling up the salt and pepper shakers or whatever it might be or cleaning those rooms um so you know it's something that what have you got to lose jump in there give it a crack because you know this opportunity might not come up, come about again so you know I just think if something comes your way be appreciative to realize that you're the one that's actually created that so grab it with both hands and just go for it because there are certain things behind the scenes that people aren't always aware of um, such as another one poaching laws so poaching um, you know agreements that some facilities management companies can have that with the client when they're losing far too many staff so they you know have a poaching agreement where you know you can't poach our staff for you know like at all And if anything, that staff member, if they want to then jump over to you, they have to be off site for like you know three to six months and then apply for the job and potentially come back. But in the process, they're potentially losing that opportunity as well. Um, If they go off, you know, quit their job in the hope that they'd be able to come back six months later. So yes, that is a very common thing that happens in uh, with these smaller, you know, not smaller, but with these facilities management, team, sorry, companies, because they lose so many staff and it is a huge cost to onboard like candidates. So I want to now get to the, the leverage side of it, right? Candidates, I've said this before and I'll say it again, you're in charge right now. It is not a case where these companies are the ones that are calling the shots anymore, right? The, the traineeships are coming hard and fast. And the pools that these uh, these companies are all fishing from right now are the same small pools, which from March 3rd, apparently those pools are gonna get a, a way, uh, you know, a hell of a lot bigger when the borders finally do open, <clears throat> if they do. Um, so I just wanna say, candidates, if you are given an opportunity, you're in charge, take that opportunity. Actively seek opportunities right now, apply for these jobs, you know, um, network your way into finding out who is in charge of being able to potentially put you forward for one of these jobs or who you can go and say, hey, you know, talk to the superintendent. Like, hey, do you reckon, you know, can I meet you? Like, you know, blah, blah, have a coffee or whatever. Can I have a quick chat to you? I know you're busy. Um, have a chat to them and say, is there any opportunities for a traineeship? Like, you know, when, when are the next ones coming up? Blah, blah, blah. If you do not ask, you do not get. So let me tell you another few reasons why you're in charge. Okay. And I know that a lot of these facilities management companies are like, you know what, if you don't like it, see you later. Like, you know, we'll replace you in a second because I've actually literally been um, working for one where during the toolbox, the project manager got up and he literally said that if you don't like it you know, we, we can replace you like in a second basically was his, was the theme of his um, extremely inspiring toolbox meeting. So look, a lot of those companies, unfortunately, because there is such a great demand um, for those jobs for, from people who want to get their foot into the door, um, you know, like they can replace people quite easily. But the downside to these companies Doing that and operating, um, you know, under that mentality is the onboarding costs. It costs thousands of dollars to mobilize candidates to site. You know, Barrow Island, prime example. Chevron bought out their um, their new medical where they had to have blood tests done. Right, that pumped the costs of their pre-employment medicals up quite significantly. Not to mention paying for the recruiter, paying their you know seventy-five thousand dollar a year salary. Putting ads on seek, like spending hours and hours going through candidates, um, you know, interviewing processes, inductions, um, the whole laborious onboarding process, which is a huge time waster, um, and it is significantly expensive to companies. So look, candidates, you are in charge here you know, pretty much, I've also said, you know, now is the time to negotiate salaries. If you're a skilled operator, you need to get in before these borders open because once they do, there is an influx of candidates coming from the eastern states. And hey, I welcome that. I think, you know, it's going to be fantastic for the industry. Um, You know, the people who are in WA or, you know, where it's been like, you know, Fortress WA, you have had, a an ample amount of time to position yourself correctly to get yourself into the industry so i mean welcome everybody from the eastern states like come and like bring it on come get these jobs so that's what's going on now so and i've also said that to the these candidates that i spoke to throughout the week saying oh i'm not too sure about jumping blah 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 and i was like look you have just been offered an amazing opportunity to jump into a traineeship where millions of people within this this country who have been locked out of this state would absolutely kill for that opportunity people have sold up their houses people have like got out of their rental agreements you know in February or early January late January sorry to come over in February so if an opportunity comes up you need to take that right now because you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? You go from like, let's say mine cleaning and you get, get a, um, walk into a traineeship with BHP, like, hello, what's the worst thing that can happen with that? You decide, Oh, I don't like it. I'm bored. I want to go back to cleaning like toilets and stuff. Okay. Well, you know, off you go. See you later. But you know what I mean? You could get into a stage where you're like, this is the most, amazing opportunity that I have created. And again, that's what you, you need to take that control and be appreciative of the fact that you are in control of your life and you have created this opportunity. And then take it, like grab it with both hands. If you don't like it, if you're bored driving a dump truck, or if you feel that there's, you know, not the uh, amazing opportunities such as to work, you know, cleaning toilets on site, Um, in the 40, 50 degree heat or whatever it is, you can always go back to that. Not a problem. All good. So the moral of the story here is whatever comes your way is meant to be. It's fate. It's you um, creating this path for yourself. So please, candidates, grab any opportunity that comes to you with both hands. Be appreciative uh, for it and have that thought in your mind that you've actually created that. So it's an amazing opportunity and congratulations to you three who I did speak to throughout the week, like amazing. And you know, I'm sure you will be enjoying your new career and I'm looking forward to hearing from you when you, um, you know, start within the next couple of weeks or months or whatever it might be, right? This brings me to my next point, which is having a two-step plan. Not only have I spoken to all these candidates this week who are like, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, I've I've been given this opportunity, but another common theme is speaking to candidates where I want to get into the mining industry and all I want to do is um, do this or all I want to do is do that. And uh, I'm not going to go do a utility role. No, I'm not going to go clean a toilet. No, I'm too good for that. And like, no offense, but no, you're not. And that just goes to show exactly what's just happened there with the, the um, you know, people that I was just speaking about. One of them's been in the industry for one month and they have walked into their traineeship. So, I mean, sometimes it's a case of having that, that two-step plan where you can actually go, all right, I might not be able to jump straight into a traineeship when I'm in competition with several million other people for this job and I don't meet the minimum criteria. So what is another way that I can, um, you know, metaphorically skin a cat and achieve my goal? Okay, well, how about I, you know, bite the bullet, do what it takes. Go out there and even in the most medial jobs, such as kitchen hand, cleaner, etc., and by all means, like those are actually the hardest jobs on site. Everyone knows that that's my opinion, because I've done them. And then I've gone into the cushy um, truck driving jobs as well. So um, this isn't just talking from oh, you know, somebody who has no idea about the industry. So having a two-step plan is can be one of the most important things that you can do because it's either here you get yourself into the positioned correctly in the industry so that you can actually meet the right people who's who in the zoo and you know potentially like my kitchen hand friend do such an amazing job that he was actually approached by the client and offered to put his resume forward for a traineeship you know if you if you're the sort of person where you think that uh, I'm, I've got no um, experience, I've got no relevant, you know, sort of work history that would um, and allow me to jump straight into these jobs where you're competing again against half of Australia for these dump truck traineeships. And if you're in WA, very shortly, it's gonna be the whole of Australia. So, you know, sometimes it's the better case is to have that second step plan. So, you know, to people who are who've come to me and said, no, I'm not doing a utility role, you know, and, you know, sure, they might go off and jag it and, you know, meet the right person and end up walking into a, to a traineeship and good on them. But I'm just saying that not everyone is, that's not going to happen for everyone, right? So if you can potentially put your ego to the side and say, all right, well, hey, getting out there is the first step, right? Right you know, getting out there is you kicking the door down initially, and then where you go from there is entirely up to you. But being able to get a really high paying job within the mining industry is way easier if you are actually in the mining industry or you're on a mine side in any single capacity, whether it is cleaning, working in the admin, um, working in the bar, whatever it may be. So that's what I'll say would be, um, you know, potentially people Let's put our egos aside and just get your foot in the door. Like, especially now with the borders opening, um, you know, cause there's an influx of people coming, I know. I've spoken to people from all around the country and beyond who have flights booked again now. Like literally um, an hour after the announcement the other day, Candidates from you know across Australia were already emailing me and saying yeah, but that's it I'm booking my flights to come over so If you're in WA you're the time You know your time is running out. So get in now even if it is a um, What you might deem a medial job blah 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 just get your foot in anyway. I'll just do it. Okay final thing I want to talk to you today about is mining tickets, right? This is my absolute pet hate in the industry. And, you know, we work with a couple of RTOs who do mining tickets, and this is nothing against them. That's not what I'm talking about. I am talking about some of these very, very unscrupulous RTOs. I will not uh, name them, but there's one in Perth, which is an absolute bottom feeder. I can tell you that right now, who basically guarantees people, even if they have no relevant experience at all, that if they pay them thousands of dollars to get all these operating tickets or jump in their grader simulator, which, I mean, like if you've ever been in a grader, you'll know that you cannot jump on a grader simulator and then go off and do final trim. It doesn't work like that. All right. So look, anyway, back to it. These tickets, you know, I'll just say this right now. If you are contemplating going and dropping five grand to get your dozer ticket, your loader ticket, your excavator and articulate haul truck ticket right now, and you come from the banking industry or you come from an industry which is completely irrelevant and you think that you're going to get those tickets on a couple of day course and walk into a $150,000 greater job, I can tell you again, you may as well take that money and go and chuck it down the toilet. You may as well go go to the CAS, put it all on red, and uh, see if you can double your money there. Because you are basically wasting your money. And you know, I'm really getting over having all these people come to me, and they're like, "Oh, I want to. I've just, I've just dropped all this cash to go and get these tickets, and uh, this is the job that I want." And you know, unfortunately, the reality is, and I've say I say to these these people look i'm really sorry but you know i mean hell you might have your superintendent as your brother or something like that or some really good connections to be able to get into the industry but you're not going to walk into an excavator operator role where you need two years experience just because you've gone and paid all this money to get the tickets and you know it's really it's really heartbreaking for me to have to tell people that because You know, like, I don't know, just I think that it's completely like unscrupulous of these companies and you just need to think they're out there to make money. Um, So if anyone's listening right now and you have an RTO saying to you, yep, you're guaranteed to walk into one of these jobs uh, if you pay us thousands of dollars to get these like bits of plastic, which um, don't really mean anything. And this is actually kind of what's wrong with the industry right now. You know, all these people, anyone can go and get the ticket and, uh, you know, dodge up their resume, which we do not do, by the way, and say, yeah, 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 I've done this, like, blah, 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 but, you know, at the end of the day, you get found out when you're on site, and it is extremely dangerous if you manage to jag one of these these jobs, and I can tell you right now, we have had somebody actually come to us he um, gave us a job description, which was a fake one from one of his mates that he was doing and said, yeah, I've got the tickets. And this is the experience which he had literally copied out of his mate's resume. We did up a brand new resume for him. He got a job um, as a fully you know, experienced operator, which we had no idea about, obviously he went up there and a day later he was kicked off site because he couldn't start the machine. So. I just want to say, like, you know, if you're contemplating wasting all this money on tickets, please don't do it. Please. Like, instead, come to us. Like, have a chat. Like, we're, we're open. We speak to thousands of people per week. Um, you know, help them, like, draw up a career, uh, you know, career path. Or, like, you know, give them options of other things that they can do. Because, you know, not every single person who wants to become a dump truck operator is actually going to achieve one of these traineeships. Like, full stop. They're a lot of the... Yeah, the industry is going or uh, sorry, automated. So there's gonna not be the need for drivers like as much as there was. Uh, of course, there still will be, especially within the civil industry. But you know, if you're contemplating wasting money on tickets, first, please feel free to get in contact with us. Hit us up at info at winwin.com.au remember it is the number one instead of an I and there's an AU on the end because maybe we can help you to save some cash because I'll tell you in most cases to get a truck driving job you just need the HR license I know in um, you know like Queensland etc you might might need the standard 11 the cold board medical as well but the majority of places will not require the operating tickets and yes there are some that actually do but there are a lot of mine sites that don't and um, you know, it's, I just don't want to see people like wasting five grand plus on tickets where it's, it's never gonna be a guarantee that you can get that job. So look, that's it from me from today, for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Um, we've got an exciting guest coming up next time. And um, I just wanted to say, yeah, have an amazing day. And please keep that in mind that whatever your mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. So if you want that job, And if an amazing opportunity comes your way, grab it with both hands and um, go with it. So have an awesome day. See you later.